is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello everyone and welcome along to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, the morning after Liverpool beat West Ham 1-0 in the Premier League to keep up the pace in the Premier League title race. My name is Patrick Smith and I'm joined by the ghost stories, Matt Addison with some lovely lighting there. Matt, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, as you can probably tell if anyone's watching this on YouTube, we're not doing it in the morning, we are doing it in advance. It is pitch black outside and uh, yeah, I've just got my uh, little influencers circle circle light thing across my, uh, my laptop. It's it, it, It'll just have to do, I think. You can just about see me and hopefully you can hear me as well. Well, Matt, we've just seen a you know, very, very important win for Liverpool, but they really had to fight for it, didn't they? A scrappy 1-0 win over West Ham, who had a lot of chances themselves, didn't they? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a close game, wasn't it? It was a game that Liverpool just had to basically win. That was the only sort of job that they had today, really. It wasn't about how they did it. It wasn't about the, the scoreline. It was just a case of, of winning. I thought Liverpool didn't play particularly well. I think there was certain moments where they could have, have maybe controlled it a little bit better. I think it was probably another reminder of Thiago Alcantara and the importance that he has in that midfield in terms of just being able to, to put his foot on it and kind of control things a little bit more. I think that's going to be... You know, a big thing in the title race this season as as long as as that goes on and we hope that it goes all the way to, to the end of, of this season it's going to be a case of basically Liverpool needing to to control things a little bit more I think they were slightly fortunate really Declan Rice wasn't there Jared Bowen goes off early it's it, it's not been the best run of form either for, for West Ham I think if that was a better West Ham side maybe Liverpool could have been punished but Ultimately, they, they got the job done, didn't they? they? They got the three points. That was all they could have, have really asked for. I think there were one or two good performances from Liverpool, notably the, the full-backs. But it, it wasn't vintage. It wasn't brilliant. It wasn't exactly free-flowing or anything. I thought they might go and, and score one or two more goals, having put themselves in front. But, yeah, as I'm sure we'll come to, the only thing that was important, really, was that they could put some pressure on Manchester City. And that's what that 1-0 win has done. Exactly. That's a 1-0 win. It's three points. It's a clean sheet. It's a goal for Sadio Mane in his new role as a number nine. You know, it looks brilliant from the outside. But, Matt, there were some concerns to take from that game. When the West Ham had far too many chances, for my liking personally. You know, the high line has been under a lot of scrutiny recently from other fans and some media outlets. But, you know, it was exposed by West Ham, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the, it, it's one of those. I think where nine times out of ten it works for Liverpool and, and it, it's the right way of doing it. The one out of ten is going to be a big chance because that's the the kind of nature of it, isn't it? It was. Uh, it, it took a good couple of clearances. It, it took a, a Trent Alexander-Arnold flick off the line to, to stop West Ham scoring. It took Andy Robertson getting back to bail out Virgil Van Dijk at one point. There was there was a couple of moments where probably West Ham and in fact, David Moyes said it himself afterwards. He, he thought that they should have maybe done a little bit better in those moments. They needed a bit more in that final third to be able to really harm Liverpool. And it probably is a game that they'll look back and, and think that they could have, have got a point from. But I, I still, you know, I think the high line is is far far more controversial than what it should be. I think, generally speaking, it's it's far more beneficial than than harm for Liverpool. I think, you know, the, the way that the two fullbacks defended. Um, I think it's it's fair to say that West Ham did try and target Trent Alexander-Arnold and try and get you know more bodies over onto to that side of the pitch, but he just stood up and, and defended really well in the main and, and did did everything that that you needed him to do. So I, I don't know. I think the, the high line is something that's always going to be talked about, but Liverpool are not going to change it. It's fundamental to the way that they do things, and if 
nine times out of ten it works and one time out of ten you need a bit of, of quality then it, they've got that you know they've, they've got Robertson they've got two brilliant centre-backs they've got Trent who can do that or if if Allison needs to make a save then he can do that he didn't didn't particularly need to do that against West Ham but we've seen in, in previous matches that he's more than capable of, of doing that so yeah, I have no complaints with it. I know it's it, it can it can look, I think, far worse than what it is as well, because there was a couple of, of close offsides that I wonder, you know, possibly it could have been could have been given. So yeah, it was um there, there was a couple of scary moments, but you expect that against a team as good as West Ham. They've they've caused a lot of teams problems, I think, this season. I mean it's exactly that, Matt. You know, this is probably the match where it's come under the most scrutiny, been the most exposed. I and mean, we kept a clean sheet with some brilliant, you know, individual defending. And from my perspective, I love it. I think it works brilliantly. And as I said, you know, it's the talk of the game tonight and we've come out of it with a clean sheet. And we've come out of it with three points as well, which is going to be so important with the Manchester derby taking place on Sunday, obviously between Manchester City and Manchester United. It's that nightmare position, Matt, of needing Manchester United, not needing, but wanting Manchester United to hopefully snatch some points off City, isn't it? Yeah, and they've got a good record, haven't they, in in this fixture in, in recent times, which just gives you a little bit more hope. I think it was... It was the one fixture, really, that Onegon and Solskjaer got right, really, in terms of the way that they played. They they kind of found a formula that worked against City and stuck to it. And, you know, fair play to them for, for doing that. To go to, to the Etihad and win, as they did a couple of times, is is impressive. It's, it's just a case now of, will that be the case still? I think Manchester United under Ralph Ranić are not much different to what they were under Solskjaer. There's been maybe some minor improvements, but they're still broadly speaking, a counter-attacking team because those are the players that they've got. They've still got, you know, people like Jaden Sancho, I think, has been in, in decent form the last couple of weeks. They've got kind of players like that. We've seen Marcus Rashford in previous weeks or previous seasons, I should say, um, sort of be able to get in behind Manchester City, which we know is is kind of their weakness, isn't it? As much as the high line for Liverpool is is a real strength, that can be, can be a way that you can get at Manchester City. So, I think that that'll be the the thing that that Liverpool needs to, to cling to really is that you'd assume that Manchester City are going to score at some point, so therefore Manchester United have to to do enough to to get at least one goal. I think I think a point to be honest to be be absolutely fine. I don't think anyone could complain from a, a Liverpool perspective if if City were to drop a couple of points. I think that would be that would be absolutely fine. I think the there is a little bit of hope, but like I say, um, United have had a, a decent record in recent times, which it could be. The blueprint to, to go and do that again or it could just be that it's Manchester City's time they've learned the lessons and maybe they'll play in a, in a slightly different way and to be honest I, I remember thinking the exact same in the reverse fixture but then City just kind of swept them apart and it wouldn't massively surprise you if that was to happen again yes yeah, that's like down we don't want that to happen but seeing United get battered isn't necessarily a terrible thing is it <laughs> but some news that did break is Ruben Diaz will miss the fixture through injury He's expected to also miss the clash with Liverpool at the start of April. That's yet to be confirmed, obviously. His injury period is to be four to six weeks, which would just include the Liverpool game. But Matt, he's going to be a big loss for City, isn't he? Yeah, he is. They, they've obviously spent a lot of money on defenders, but I think he is certainly the most value for money one that they've had. I think he's the, the closest thing that they've got to <clears throat> to, to the level that, that Liverpool have. He's, he's not at, at Virgil van Dijk's level, but there was a kind of reasonable-ish conversation about that maybe a year or so ago around you know the, the impact that, that he's had for them so yeah I think that'll that'll be important it's it's one that is um is a big loss for them I think you know if, if you take centre-backs out of any team as Liverpool know more than most it, it can have a, 
a huge, huge impact on them. Obviously, they've got other players that can come in, but none at the same level as, as him, I don't think. And I don't know, it'd be interesting to see sort of, of how City cope with it. I think with with City, it's it's almost that aura, isn't it, where most teams just go into games thinking that they haven't really got a chance. I think, you know, you, you look at, at him being out, maybe that gives the team hope. Maybe it's it's Manchester United. Maybe it gives them that little extra that, that they need to, to go in and get something. And other teams can can learn from that. I know it's it's something we said, isn't it, after the, the Tottenham game, can other teams replicate what Harry Kane did to, to Tottenham? Obviously, not every team has a Harry Kane, but it's about those little glimmers, I think, against Manchester City. They can so often just turn up and, and sweep teams aside. But for Liverpool, what they've got to hope is that there are one or two teams who can take advantage, score when they're on top. I think that'll be crucial in the, the Manchester derby. And, you know, you're never going to get loads and loads and loads of chances against Manchester City. But I think without Ruben Diaz being there, that's, uh, that's certainly going to increase. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. When we are entering the cliche business end of the season with Liverpool and Man City, both in the Champions League and the FA Cup, I think City will definitely have an eye on a Champions League title that, you know, as Trent Alexander-Arnold lovely put, they've not managed to lift it yet. So will their focus be on that, do you think, Matt? Or will they be all guns blazing for the Premier League title against Liverpool? I think it's a it's it's kind of dependent on the draw, really. I mean, they're five 0 up, aren't they, against Sporting? So that's not going to have any impact on them. They've they've basically got through in in that already. So it, it's more a case of of seeing what happens in in the next rounds. I think Liverpool will absolutely want to avoid Manchester City in the quarterfinals. Likewise, City will absolutely want to avoid Liverpool. I think that would be just you know a, a completely new level of of the the kind of rivalry between those two clubs if. You know, if things go their way in the, the FA Cup as well, it could be four times in 18 days, which I think... I was going to say, there is a scenario where they could play them four times in 18 yeah. days, which is crazy I, if that were to happen. I think I think everyone involved wants to avoid that, to be honest. I think it, <laughs> it, it would just it would just add to things even more, wouldn't it? And I think, you know, these, these two teams are going to meet, obviously, at some point in these competitions. I think as most people would expect that they will be in the Champions League semi-finals. They'll be in, in the FA Cup semi-finals. It, it wouldn't be a surprise if if they did get a couple of those big games. But I think you want those as far down the line as, as possible, really. So, yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting to see kind of, of how that plays into things, whether the Champions League shifts their focus. Like I say, it, it won't do yet, but it might do at some point. Um, but yeah, it, it, it depends purely on who they get really we don't know obviously who's going to be in the next round but if they got an easiest draw then possibly they can kind of spread the resources a little bit I think I think a lot of that will come down to, to which which teams come out the hat really As for Liverpool you know we have mastered the being the one game at a time team under Jurgen Klopp you know it's probably his speciality as a manager but do you think he'll be prioritising the league or the Champions League or do you think he really is the one game at a time sort of manager? I don't think Liverpool need to, to prioritise at this moment in time. I think there'll be a couple of changes for Inter. I'd fancy them to to make two or three changes in that and, and still be able to, to cruise through, really. I think, again, similar to City, really, they, they just need to take each game as it comes, make sure that you know that they are rotating. We've obviously seen Mohamed Salah come off and, and didn't look particularly happy to come off, but that's that's something that's going to have to happen in, in future games as well because you want everyone to kind of be as fit as possible and, and be in a position where they can continue to fight on on all of these fronts. I think for Liverpool, for City, to a certain extent for Chelsea, though obviously they're obviously now out of the title race. I think it's it's fair to say that. Um 
it, it's just a case of how many players can you keep fresh? How many competitions can you keep going in? Because, you know, I said before that it wouldn't be a surprise to, to have City and, and Liverpool in Champions League and FA Cup semi-finals. It, it wouldn't be a surprise if Chelsea were there as well. So I think there's going to be quite a fair few more of these kind of English battles moving forwards for, for the rest of this season. It's it's going to be really interesting to, to kind of see how that sort of works itself out. And the fixture list will, will be interesting, the order of games, the sort of Champions League opponents. It's it, it just, the, there's so many questions really to, to ask before the end of, of this season, before we kind of know priority lists, before we know who's got the advantage over who. I think for now, as much as, like you say, it's a cliche, it is, very much a, a game at a time and you know Liverpool will look four or five games down the line City will do as well and there are one or two Manchester City fixtures coming up that that I've kind of got my eye on as potential slip-ups for them but for Liverpool just just do their own job really as long as they keep winning game by game they'll be there or thereabouts. Now I've not warned you about my last question Matt but I'm going to be ruthless and put you on the spot I'm going to ask you to predict a winner for the FA Cup the Premier League and the Champions League if you have to say now on the 5th of March, we'll check back at the end of the season. Who would you predict? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it, it, it's such a tough one, isn't it? I think I think the next few games, let, let's start with the Premier League. The next few games, I think, are going to be going to be really interesting. I think, you know, before um, that Manchester City against Liverpool game, they've obviously got United to come. That's one where there's a little bit of a chance, I think, that there could be some drop points. Crystal Palace next for them. That's on a Monday night. Liverpool know all about title races, Monday night, dropping points, all the rest of it. There could be could be a nice little reverse in that one. So I think Crystal Palace won at the Etihad as well, didn't they, earlier this season? So certainly a, a team that can cause them problems. Southampton as well in the FA Cup. I'll, I'll come to that in a second. They're a team that they've caused sort of problems with as well. They've got to play them. So they're kind of one that I've got my eye on moving forwards. And it's then Burnley for, for Manchester City and, and then that Liverpool game. So I think it's it's going to massively come down to, to what happens in these next four games. Liverpool, like we say, can only kind of do do their own job, make sure that they keep winning. But, you know, between Manchester United, Crystal Palace and Burnley, if, if City win all three of those going into that Liverpool game, it's still on. But it kind of will feel a little bit more like the kind of 18-19 where... It doesn't really matter what Liverpool do. City are just going to match it. That's that's kind of the feeling that you'll get, I think, there. So, for me, the the league, the, there's still, obviously, games to play. There's still loads of opportunities for, for both teams to drop points. But I think if, if you're going into that game, Liverpool v City at the Etihad, and both teams have just continued to win, that kind of will feel like a, a little bit of a, a pattern in that. So, City are favourites for the league in terms of, of as we stand now by by not much. I don't think um, it, it's going to be very close. And if Liverpool do lose it out by a point or whatever it might be, I think there'll be there'll be one or two games that you look back. Brentford, for example, Leicester, the Brighton two all at, at Anfield. There'll be games where you look back and just think, what if? But hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully there is some drop points, possibly today, possibly you know next next Monday as well when City play Crystal Palace. So. Yeah, that was a long way of saying, I think, Manchester City, just about <laughs> favourites for now, but that could change. In terms of the other two competitions, Champions League, I think it will either be Bayern Munich or an English team. Um, that could be Chelsea, could be Liverpool, could be City. Bayern, Bayern's form has slipped there. They're not through by any means at all against Salzburg. No, I think they'll I think they'll get through in that one, to be honest. I think um, I think they, they're the only ones that can kind of get to, to the level of, of the English teams. 
obviously it will depend on the draw again but like I said before it wouldn't massively shock me if it was kind of a Liverpool Chelsea semi-final or a Liverpool City or, or something like that I think we are going to see not just this season but in future seasons as well I think that the English teams are, are just so much stronger than than the rest of, of Europe really I know there's been sort of suggestions for PSG or Real Madrid or teams like that but for me that the English teams as as Liverpool have proven really in terms of of Inter Milan Serie A champions you'd, you'd expect a little bit more of them but Liverpool maybe not made light work of them but I think they showed there's there's a little bit of a, a golf in there same with with AC Milan as well earlier in this season pretty sure they were were top or, or possibly second when Liverpool played them and it's a very close title race in Italy yeah <laughs> yeah it, yeah it seems like no one wants to win it doesn't it um but but Liverpool I think are, are just a level above so Liverpool have as much of a chance as anybody else in terms of, of the Champions League wouldn't wouldn't rule them out in the slightest will depend on the draw if if Manchester City were to get by Munich in the next round for example I think that would <laughs> wouldn't complain <laughs> yeah that that'd be quite handy in terms of, of boosting Liverpool's chances but I don't know I, 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 in terms of, of the other two I think Chelsea possibly even more so than, than Manchester City um yeah for, for Liverpool depends on the draw a little bit but they'll be there or thereabouts and I suppose you can say pretty much the same about the FA Cup as well to be honest I think it it will depend on on how the draw falls I'd fancy Liverpool to get through no matter whether it's Forest or, or Huddersfield that they play. Then it's obviously another trip to Wembley. Could be a big game. It could be potentially in Everton or, or Palace, depending on who wins that. Chelsea or City perhaps as well, I think. Yeah, it, it will depend slightly on the draw. But I think Liverpool have they've got a good chance of, of going at least to the final of a couple of competitions. And I think I think that's got to be the aim really for them for the rest of this season. I think you can't really sit here and say it'd be a disappointment if they didn't win this or they didn't win that. I think it's it's just a case of if they're pretty much there or thereabouts for the Premier League, they get to a Champions League final, they get to an FA Cup final, as we saw against Chelsea last weekend. Anything can happen in a in a cup final. It's it's not really fair to say mm-hmm. that they've disappointed or they've not lived up to expectations. If they get to the final, anything can happen and you just kind of see where you go from there. But Listen, I think I think it'll be very close in, in all three competitions. I think Liverpool have got a really good chance. They've got, you know, a, an opportunity, I think, is, is the way that I'd put it. No one's obviously ever won the quadruple before. I'm not going to say that Liverpool are going <laughs> to go on and win the quadruple because... Well, but they can. <laughs> li- yeah, literally because no one's ever done it before and, and it would be unprecedented. But the very fact that they are in that conversation, it's a possibility and we're even having this conversation, I think, is... Uh, <laughs> is a big testament to, to how good they are. So, yeah, I'm not going to predict in terms of, of who wins which one, but Liverpool have got every chance. A very brilliantly, thoroughly thought-out answer then, Matt. A bit of a politician's answer as well, though. I'm going to be much more simple, and I'm going to predict Liverpool to win all three because I'm going to be biased. And I'm enjoying the run that we're on, and this is the best Liverpool team. Might be of all time, definitely of our lifetime so far, Matt, and what a pleasure it is to watch them week in, week out. But that is all we've got time for today on this Agenda podcast. Matt Addison, thank you very much for joining me. And thank you to all of you for watching and listening on at home as well. But for now... You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.